What's going on, y'all? It's a new episode of the Rap Lab. Uh, it's your boy Alfred. And it's me, the one and only, the only one, the Red Barber MC. Y'all know what that is. You know what I do. Always keeping it true. It's the Q. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, we got special guests in the building on the Rap Lab this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Detroit, Michigan's own CMC Guapo. What up, though? What up, though? Hey. Yo, so uh, right. I, I I guess I'm a, I guess I started off. Um, so Guapo, I uh, in researching you, I seen that you were you was battle rapping at the bus stop uh, when you first started yeah. your, your rap journey. Can you can you like tell us about your your battle rap experiences and how you were serving dudes at the bus stop? Yeah, I used to always freestyle, you feel me? Like, because I can never hoop. So when I was at the court, I was in them cypher circles, you dig? And then, like, once I got, like, to high school, I just battled niggas all... Can I say cuss? You, you can yeah, say whatever you, you want. Yeah, you good. Right, you good. So I was just battling niggas through, you feel me? Uh, like, throughout school and shit, and then, like, I had got locked up. When I came home, I was on Tether, and I used to have to take, like, a bus to go see my PO. And then I used to always battle people at the bus stop. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try rapping for real. And then I started going to the studio. And then, it, you know what I'm saying, it started working. But that's where I started rapping from, just freestyling, like, on walks homes. And you feel me? Roasting people, you feel me? So Nice, nice. What's up, Guapo? It's your boy, Rev. Um, I'm up? actually, um, I got family in Detroit. I'm married into um, a family from out there. It's like tons of them. So I'm always in Detroit, man. So um, I'd like to know, um, do you know how to ballroom hustle? And if so, uh, which is your favorite? The classic, a Tamiya hustle, or something else? Hey, you know what's crazy, man? I've been trying to learn how to do it because all, like, the females around me be doing it, man, and all the old heads. But, man, I, I ain't got no rhythm for shit, dog. For real. Like, I can't I can't do it. I probably, I know how to do the, the simple one, you know, the, whatever. I don't even know the name of it. Like, you know, I learned how to do it, like, over the summer because I got this little song called Paradise, so I was trying to get some little moves yeah. together. But, but uh... No, I man, my my foot coordination is terrible. I yeah, can't. It, it, it's definitely a skill, man. Because I went out there for a baby shower, and the females they don't even know each other. But like a certain song came on, and everybody just got up, and it's like they knew the the steps and the routine. So big up to Detroit sweet, for the culture. Yeah, it looks sweet when you see everybody do it. It's like I don't know, like if this, like this, like if you want you like top floor of the hotel, and then you look at all the cars on the freeway, how they move in unison like that. It looks yeah. sweet like that. <laughs> I be looking for real, for real, when everybody on point, it look, it looks sweet. Word. Oh man, that's awesome. Hey man, this your boy Q, and I, uh, I just want to say welcome. And uh, my question for you, the first one is: for someone like me who's never been to Michigan or California, what did you take away from the environment? You know, like you're in Michigan, that's a whole different environment. When you're in California, that's a whole different environment. What did you notice as the differences between the two areas? Um, for real, for real, the differences wasn't, it wasn't many differences. It's like, other than like, I say like the weather, that was a difference where I, where I stayed in California, I stayed in Palmdale, California. So I stayed in like the desert. So me coming from Detroit, where it's snowing in the winter to if we get one foot of snow in California and Palmdale, they're going to shut down the whole city. Ain't no school. That was different. Um, mm -hmm. we got gangs here, but like not heavily influenced as it is in California, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got right. our gang here, but uh, it was different because it was like, everybody wanted to be, everybody was a gangbanger, you know what I'm saying? So that was different, like, oh, this is really how it is, and then, you know, they talk different out there. You know the saying, the way they move and 
and dress out there in Cali is different. Like Detroit, we fly. You know what I'm saying? Like when you think of Detroit, you think about when Biggie be like my Detroit players. You know, we and even though that was years ago, we just only elevated our swag. You know what I'm saying? Where like mm-hmm. when you come to Detroit, you know you're gonna see somebody when when it's time to put it on, they gonna put it on. You know what I'm saying? Where it's supposed to like when I went to Cali. You know that I went, I moved to Cali during the jerk phase when people start jerking and shuffling and doing all that. You know what I'm saying? And dancing not a big thing in Detroit. Like if you're from Detroit, you might do the blade dance and that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's just with your hands. So like when I went out there, I seen most popular dudes with holes in their shoes and they wasn't getting roasted. It was a difference for me. But then I had to learn that everybody ain't the same everywhere. You know, so it was an opener for me for sure. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. So um. Another part of your of your story um, is you 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 were in foster care for a great deal, and um, even in your music, like and and just like other interviews that I've heard you give, like you're you're a very big advocate for change in the foster care system. Um, if you could give advice to anybody that was bouncing around in that system, uh, what would it be? And then the second part of the question is, how has that shaped your your music? All right, my advice to somebody would be. If you're in a good situation, try not to take it for granted because it could be worse. You know, like some people get taken out of the house and get blessed, but they don't want to be there, you know, and not realizing that where they come from was a hazardous situation. You know, um, if you're in a bad situation, I just tell you to pray because, you know, I mean, because, you know, you run, you go, you commit a new crime that's going to get you in a world of trouble. But it's also a situation that you don't belong in and need to be in. And for me, it shaped my music because. I actually didn't have a bad, bad experiences in foster home. I was, a, you know, from like a couple months to five, you know what I'm saying? So for me, that was all I knew. So when I got took away from that, I moved with my daddy's side of the family. And my daddy's side is like, they all from Southwest Number Streets in Detroit. And like, it's rough out on that side of town. That's where I grew up, you know? So it's like, my cousins, like I was a little more advanced. Like I had a white foster mom for a long period of time. So like, I could read when my cousins couldn't read or I talked like a white boy when my cousins was just ghetto and I didn't understand it, you know, or my grade was good because it was easy to me and my cousins, we they older than me and they not comprehending how I'm comprehending. And it took me a long time to realize I was just different from them, you know, like I didn't see it at first because I basically just got dumped in the house with them, you know, so like I went from like having my own room to sleeping on the floor back at my grandma crib with a lot of us, you know, all my uncles and aunties is only 10, eight, seven years older than me. So we all grew up in the house together at one time. And I didn't realize, you know, like it was dirty. And then once I realized it was dirty, it was like, I just prayed to God that one day I wasn't here no more. You know what I'm saying? So that'd be just like being in a good situation and losing it. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's how it would shape me for sure. Nice, nice. So I don't know if you're familiar with um Drago. Um, That's actually my um half brother-in-law. Um, He was on the Big Sean album. Um, so I talked to him and um, I just like to know your opinion on how um, how do you feel about the evolution of um, Detroit hip hop? Because now it's catching on more and it's kind of becoming the thing. And a lot of cats out there is um, kind of copying the sound of everything. But how do you feel being a part of like such a revolution? Yeah. Uh, Drago, my baby, by the way, too. But um, I love it. I love to see like because being that I, I wasn't, you know, like that I'm from Detroit, but I have been around a couple places. I didn't appreciate our sound at the, at the beginning of like my teenage years. Like I was still heavily California influenced when I moved back here. So for a while, I didn't even appreciate the Detroit sound. But 
being from Detroit, every time that you hear, you're going to hear a Detroit artist. You're going to hear Detroit music. You're going to hear Detroit in a in a car. Like, at a light, you got a better chance of hearing a Detroit song than you got to hear anything else, you know? Like, even on the radio, like, they're not playing Detroit music on the radio a lot, but we got a big fan base within the city in itself that it just boom. So, like, for me, when I moved, I mean, when I went to California just to visit, like, probably two years ago, and people like Drago and Bino in, in, in specific, they got a big following outside of Detroit. And before I left the city to see that, I didn't know that. Like, it was shocking to me. Like, y'all know who that is? And like, I'm, we chilling, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, how y'all knew them? So it made me proud of them because I, I personally know them and to see that they actually reaching somebody else. And it made me feel proud to know, like, all I got to do is keep working and I'm going to be in that same position that, you know what I'm saying? Where I got fans out and somewhere else banking me. So I'm like, yeah, it was it was motivating at the same time. That's your stuff. All right. Awesome. Um, what was it about the uh collective group, the commission squad, that influenced you to be a rapper? All right. Um, the commission squad was a collective of like a couple of old heads, well, they older than me now, but a couple of heads from my neighborhood, from like the number streets. Um, McGraw Ave area. I'm from Southwest. Like I'm from between Warren and McGraw. Like if y'all ever seen McGraw Ave, that's my neighborhood that I grew up in. And um, it was a lot of old heads rapping and whatnot. But they had it back in the day where people weren't really shooting videos. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like in my heart, I believe if they had videos back in the day, they would have blew up. You know, like they weren't really getting no money. Like I don't know if y'all familiar with like Street Lords or like the Cheddar Boys of Detroit, but those was the real get money people. They was getting money and rapping, you know what I'm saying? So they was flashy and, uh, you know, they wasn't in Commission Squad, but they was a group of people that could actually rap. And um, my uncles was in the, my uncle was in the group. My pops came home from prison. He was rapping with them, but he was doing his own thing. Um, and then like, I just was watching like how they move, you know, like, and the passion they had in it, like where I wanted to be a rapper, you know? And I always thought I was sweet, but, when I was a kid, I'm talking about like this six, seven, eight, you know what I'm saying? Where I didn't think they was going to even respect me enough to let me even get my little freestyle out where they would have been all. Because I feel like I always had it. It was more of a confidence thing. But when I was a kid, they gave me that structure because I watched them do it. It was just I waited for my turn. And once I got it, I, you know, I really took it, took advantage of it for real. All right. All right. Um. So since, since you just mentioned um a time about when you was a kid, uh, I'll take it back. Um, what attracted you to hip hop and like what made you want to rap when you was younger? Um, like I said, not only commission squad, but I had an older cousin. He was a year older than me. And I ain't gonna lie, like it was a time in my life where he was like my big brother figure where it was like everything he did, I wanted to do, you know? So he taught me how to rap. Like we used to like, um, I remember y'all know, like back in the day when they used to have the instrumental CDs. So we used to get the instrumental CDs, you feel me? We had a PlayStation 1. We used to play, or when the Xbox came out, we used to burn the, uh, burn the uh, songs on the Xbox and just write to them. And then he just really taught me how to write. And then, like, over time, like, because I'm the oldest child out of my mom and kids, so I went to school by myself a lot, you know? So that means I had a lot of walks home by myself. And uh, those were where I was really just practicing my freestyles and stuff like that. And, you know, like, gradually over time, like, once I felt like I was ready and I let people hear it, people always, I never heard I was ass. You know, I, nobody ever told me I was bad. But I ain't making it. So it's like, all right, it's like, am I really, you know, that's how I was feeling at first until I realized that, you know, like, this ain't just going to be no, you know, how to rap and you're going to make it. That ain't how that go. So it took some time for me to figure that out, though. Nice. 
So I heard you say on the interview that it'll sound like that you have features on your album, but it'll just be you using different styles. I noticed that on um, Kanye, Having My Way and Flight Mileage, that each sound is very different. So what is your most challenging style when you perform and how long is the process to compose it? Um, Performing it, I don't really think that I've been having no problems with it because I feel like when I was before I was putting it out, I was practicing it. You know what I'm saying? Like before I actually was recording myself doing it, I would probably like, cause I'm an avid freestyler. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we'll be in the car having a session, like, or in like, and I'm talking about this forever, bro. Like I was always one of those people that could rap, you know what I'm saying? So I was just playing with that in itself. Composing it don't be hard. Cause if I'm freestyling, it's going to come naturally. You know what I'm saying? And it's just going to, it's going to be like that. But if I sat down and write it, even if I sat down and wrote it, it don't, like my writing process don't take me more than 30 minutes to make a song. Like, and then that's just me. Like I probably get bored with what I'm doing and go do something else and come back to it. But like, uh, when I'm just freestyling recording, it don't take long at all. And then like performing is still me. You know, they, a lot of people be in shock. Like, damn, who was that? I'm like, no, oh, that was me. They be in awe with it. But, and you know, it made me feel good. Like it sounds good, obviously, because you wouldn't ask me who it was. So I'm doing something. Yeah, I think a little home cooking for me. I like the uh, flight mileage because it sounds more of like the Detroit style. Yeah, yeah. And and to be honest with you, that was my first time not doing it, but like releasing the Detroit type song. Because like when I came out, I had a, uh, I came out like with the melodic, like Kanye was Kanye was one of my earlier songs. You know what I'm saying? And um, for the most part, man, I ain't gonna lie. Like, like I said, I didn't re- appreciate the Detroit sound at first either. So I was trying to shy away from it because I ain't want to be because. Before it was acceptable like it is now, a lot of people, when I would go out of time, like, man, what is this offbeat? Or, you know, they rapping on, you know what I'm saying? So I ain't think that the world was going to pick up on it until I started going around places. I'm like, man, they like Detroit music. And flight mileage, the idea behind flight mileage, I just took a lot of trips over that year. You know what I'm saying? Like, over the last two years, before the pandemic and during the pandemic. So my man's like, bro, you be doing a lot of stuff and you ain't never talking about it or, you know what I'm saying? And I just made a song about it. And that's how flight mileage came about. Was that the cameraman that you uh, became cool with to tell you that? No, my cameraman, that's my dog, Shot It, man. His name, Jay Shot It. He's from here. He shoot a lot of, like, the people here. Um, I shot a, my one of my first videos with him. It was called Money the Motive. Um, this is probably, like, four years ago. And um, he had hit me up. I like Because I was still working at a plant at the time. And he had hit me up. Like, he really thought I was cold. But it was a song that he liked that wasn't out. Like, it was, like, the end of, like, the, I had put like a little mixtape out. It was like song number 16 that he just had in his head and fell in love with. And um, he he was telling me like, he felt like he could help me do something. I'm like, I'm with it, you know what I'm saying? And he would take me places and get me acquainted with like the Detroit rappers that he knew, the other cameramans and stuff like that. Like he really see the vision, you know, like, and then not like with my elevation, like, you know, like now, of course, you know, camera wise, I try to go through some more uh, professionally look professional, you know what I'm saying? Because, I'm trying to elevate what I'm doing, but I still know in the back of my head, you know, he gave, not gave me my start, but he most definitely was, was helping me in the way. So, you know, we all forever locked in. Nice. Nice. Right. On your album, first take the uh, narrative that I get, it deals with betrayal and watching who you have around you. And we've Mm -hmm. seen hip hop people, they would bring in people and then all of a sudden you see them start to distance themselves or they start to fall away from who they were with. So what advice would you give to an artist? Like, how do you learn to look out for who you bring around and who do you bring into your circle? What do you look for? I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, I say like, man, listen to your mama, man. 
Because my mama told me all that stuff was going to happen and I ain't listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mama told me, like, it's going to be like this. You know what I'm saying? And, and all that. Y'all here, gang, gang today, it ain't going to be like that tomorrow, you know? And I couldn't see it myself. You know what I'm saying? So my OG really put me hip to it for real, for real. And then, like, a lot of the females that I would mess with along the way used to tell me, like, a dog ain't good for you or a dog ain't good for you. But, you know, you thinking she hating and she just want to keep you up under, you know what I'm saying? And when I look back on it, it's like, I was pushing them away thinking they trying to get between me and gang, not even understanding. Like, I was ignorantly thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't thinking about it. Like, you wouldn't have been able to tell me 10 years ago that the people I was hanging with 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been cool with. I wouldn't have seen it coming. So when it hit me, it hit me like, it hit me from the blind side for real. And that was the more so like betrayal in it. Cause it's like, I feel like not even loving hard, but like, if you my dog, you my dog. Like I'm willing to die with you cause you my dog. You know what I'm saying? And when you realize that people not feeling that same way about you, it hurt a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I really willing to stand on the business and you not, you know what I'm saying? And, I had to learn that the hard way, unfortunately. But you know, you know, all he, all, 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 uh, you know, all pain, you know, start to feel good eventually. Right, all the experience makes you stronger, bro. All right, um, one of your uh, standout tracks in my mind that I enjoy a lot is Paradise. And in listening to Paradise, uh, I realized you got like a little reggae type vibe going on in that song. Um, so my question to you is. What influenced you to, to have that vibe in that song? And is there any other genres of music outside rap that, that influence you to make music sometimes? Uh, I actually got the motivation to do a song like that for my manager. He uh he always tried to press me. You know what I'm saying? Like It's like if he was my basketball coach and I was the best player on the team, he always tried to push me. Like, you can't do this. You can't do that. And my pride just won't let me can't do something. You know what I'm saying? So that was that. I actually wrote Paradise in the middle of a party. Like, it, it was a party going on, and it was just, it, I was at, like, like it was this lady. She probably was, like, 40. I was at my uncle's girlfriend party. Like, and uh, I ain't know nobody there, bro, and, and it was really boring. And I just put them headphones in and came up with that song, like, just like that. Like, I swear that's how that came about. But, um, yeah, man, I listened to country music, bro. I listened to rock. I listen like a lot of Afrobeat now after I made Paradise. Before that, bro, I couldn't have told you a Paradise song, like a type song like that. But I feel like if I'm going to do it, I got to research and get in my bag. Because, you know, like, not to say, like, like, how would I put this? Um, I don't want to be disrespectful to them, like, feeling like I'm a goat at doing something and I'm not even halfway there. You know, like, I want, I want other Caribbean or uh, reggaeton or Afrobeat or whatever the exact genre I want them to be able to respect me for what it is. Like, when you see me and you listen to all my music as a, as a whole, you don't think I'm just trying to steal your style or it's none of that. Like, I'm an all-around artist, and this just is part of my artistry. Like, it ain't nothing about swaggerjacking and none of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I respect what y'all are doing because I do this, and I also do this, and I do that too. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm coming from with that. That's dope. That's probably um that Southwest influence because it's super diverse over there. Yeah. Um, I just would like to talk a little bit about um, an influence you had, a young lady by the name of JB, if you want to um, elaborate and uh, let the um, viewers at home know and just uh, shine a little light on her. Yeah, uh, JB, if uh, everybody who don't know, she's uh, T Grizzly's late auntie. Um, she got killed two years ago. We was, um, I had made a song with Hell of a Car Trenches and uh, he posted me. And then she she displayed in my DM and then we started working like like a manager type situation, but we never signed nothing or locked it in, you know. 
And she was like, she was the first person to take me to Somerset and buy me a pair of Gucci's. Like my first pair of foreign kids came from her. My first money for a song came from her. My first booking came from her, you know what I'm saying? And she, the way she moved around Detroit, like for her to be a woman, she moved with like, she moved like a boss, you know what I'm saying? And she got stuff done like T Grizzly. He had a little name before he went to prison, but it wasn't nothing for you to think he was going to be the T Grizzly he is today. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he had a buzz, but it wasn't a buzz. Like, in Detroit, we had a lot of groups rapping back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Doughboys Cash Out Band Gang, the Team Eastside. And he was in one called All Star Ball Hard, you know? And then he went to prison and just fell off the face of the earth. So when he came with First Day Out and the way that that song hit, man, it, it just it changed the trajectory of Detroit music as a whole. And she was the reason for that, you know, like, that was that was Miss P. Miller. That's what I used to call her because she was really a boss. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, she got they they. I was at the studio with her, and um, they left the studio earlier. Her and T, and they did my baby bold in the back of that whip. But she was most definitely. I feel like I wouldn't know half the people I know in Detroit if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't have made it as far because it was gonna happen when it happened. But like I seen a lot of like I've been on World Star twice with her. You know what I'm saying? Um. And she showed me my, my worth, you know? She showed me that, like, you know, like, when you a rapper up and coming, you just going to do it for the love of the, the music, you know? Or you just going to do it because, like, you know you can't afford to do this, so you're going to do a song with any and everybody just to be feeling like you working. And um, she told me to cut that out. Like, you can't be doing nothing if it ain't worth it, you know, and all that. Like, I still do music off love because, like, I love to do it, but she taught me my value in myself. Nice. Nice. That's cool, man. Um, one thing that I that I respect about you, you you faced a lot of adversity in your career. So for anyone out there that has a dream or a goal, and when the pressure gets too great on them, what advice would you give them to not quit and to not give up and to keep going? I tell everybody that I know that personally rap this, and this is something I tell myself every day. The day I quit, I lost every dollar I ever invested in this. Mm-hmm. every dollar you know what i'm saying like and i'm talking about i work in i work in restaurants i work double shifts i work two jobs i slept in cars i slept in bandos i done had to thug it out like you know what i'm saying and i cannot just say i put my life at risk so many times for nothing you know what i'm saying to walk away from nothing because i quit like i, I can't quit like it's, it's not no quitting like if this is if this is an alternate route then we'll travel it but quitting ain't in the, ain't in any of my options and I feel like if you feel like this is something you want, can't nobody tell you no. You know what I'm saying? You can get rejected by a girl 50 times before she finally give in. You know, and that's just that's just one thing. You know, if you want something, you're going to go get it, whether you got to stack for it, you got to stack your time. You know what I'm saying? And what I mean by stacking your time, you're going to put a lot into it that you ain't getting back, you know? and But it's going to be worth it in the end. I believe that, you know? And I feel like if you feel like you see yourself being something bigger, you should believe that too, wholeheartedly. Even in life, like, even if we're not talking music and you believe, like, you're here for a reason, because everybody that has situations, you're like, I can't believe I'm still here right now. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's car accident, right. being shot, uh, you know you could have been over there when they raided that house yesterday and you could have been in it. You know what I'm saying? Anything like that, man, you got to think about, like, you're here for a reason, so make it count. Amen to that. Right, and it's... um. It's it's interesting. You mentioned car accident. Um, I had read that you had been in a in a incident uh, in, in in a car accident, and it resulted in you uh, losing feeling in your arm. Um, usually, when people go through a type of situation like that, it's easy to stay in a defeated mindset. Um, how did you persevere through that situation? And like, what was your motivation to get back to it? 
Um, to be honest with you, bro, I was gonna quit. I ain't gonna lie, I was gonna quit. Um, cause I couldn't see nobody listen to a handicap rapper like for like two years. I couldn't move my fingers. You know what I'm saying? And um, my bad, my bad. I couldn't move my I couldn't move my fingers. But uh, I met this my homeboy man, and he was in a wheelchair, and for some reason he had a smile on his face, and he always got a smile on his face. You know what I'm saying? And that was my motivation because I couldn't believe it. Like dog paralyzed, bro. I could get up and walk out of here right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm missing a hand, but you know. There ain't nothing, you know what I'm saying, for real, compared to me never going to be able to walk again. Like, so he was the motivation for me, for real. And then it's like, I'm too good. Like, I could still, if I quit, I still gave up everything in the process of getting here. And the night that I got shot, I was actually going to the club, you know what I'm saying, to, to I went to the club with this female, but I was going to, like, keep my relationship with this DJ. So I was going with the intentions on music, but it went bad, you know what I'm saying, throughout the night. But... I feel like I did that for music, you know what I'm saying? I did that to set my, make sure I'm good with dogs. So whenever it came a time when I'm in the club, he gonna always shout my name out. Unfortunately, that was a bad, you know what I'm saying? It happened that night, but he still showing me love like I thought he would, you know what I'm saying? It just like, I learned that, you know, everything happened for a reason. And like, when I walked out that hospital room that night, cause I got shot during the car accident. The gun went off and shot me in the artery and, and it knocked out the nerves in my hand, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't even know I was shot at the time. I had a broken wrist and everything. And I walked out that, that hospital feeling like if I had beef with you, if we weren't serious, it weren't serious. Like, it ain't nothing to be – I ain't mad at nobody. I got a second chance. Like, so anything now would be freshly brewed, anything. And I ain't on that right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get to these millions, you know. But anybody that know, they know what it is and what it was. But, like, you know, like, I ain't on that no more. And, and a lot of people is respecting that. Like, I'm chilling. Like, they see that music is a passion of mine. And music is something I'm going for. Like, so I've been moving and grooving through the city with no problems because I know nothing. I'm a rapper now, you know? Nice. Yeah, I read about um the car accident and you getting shot. Um, I would like to know, was that before or after you had got expedited back to um California? If you could uh, fill us in on, on why it is you got expedited. Yeah, that was afterwards. Um, All right, so in 2015, I used to work two jobs. And this particular day, I didn't want to work, so I had paid somebody uh, a couple of dollars to work for me. I just wanted to go out. It was a Friday night. It's Friday the 13th, March, Friday the 13th, exactly. I'll never forget it. And, um, you know, like back in the day when you and your mans you used to share clothes or something like that, man, my mans had my peace trues. I went to go get my trues, man, and we got off the Southfield Freeway on the Southfield side. Like, on 8 Mile, it's, on one side is the Burbs and one side is Detroit, you know. So I'm getting off on 8 Mile, you know, and I got flicked on the Southfield side. They pull us over. We, we got to pull over on the Detroit side because where we got flipped. And um, the police was hassling us. My man's had some zips in the car. We were all young, though, back then. You know what I'm saying? My other man's lied about his name. My brother had a warrant already, so I knew he was going to jail. And I was so cocky and confident because I knew, like, I ain't got no warrants. I ain't got no tickets. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. And they talking about some warrant in California. I'm like, they ain't going to come. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to come. this California. But I didn't know why I was. I didn't never knew why I had a warrant in California. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I lived there as a juvenile. When I was in trouble as a juvenile, I done grew up. You know, I, I'm like, the statute's a limitation. But I'm like, I know I did everything to get off probation because I was always a good student. I was just bad. You know what I'm saying? So my my uh, my PO had told me, like, if I uh, had good uh, attendance and good grades, that I had happened to get a 3-8 and I ain't missed a day that, that, that semester. So he, get, he let me off probation. So years later, when this happened, I can't understand. I didn't know why I was in trouble. Man, 
one of the officers wanted to talk to me, man. He told me, so come here, man. Why you? Because, you know, I got arrested when they put us on. I'm like, don't shoot me. I'm black. I'm, I'm going in. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing all the extras. You know what I'm saying? Making sure everybody come outside. Like, hey, because I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And um, then I hear on the radio, like, California said they coming to get them. But I ain't going to lie to you, bro. If you ain't never seen heartbreak on the face, you seen it on mine. And uh, I got extradited for residential burglary that when it happened, I was in Detroit on tether. Like, it was impossible for me to actually do it. But they made me sit there for another five months, and I had to fight the case in California. And I ain't going to lie, I lost all hope, bro. Imagine going to court, every court date, man, and they like, bro, you did it. Somebody, you go to court, somebody point at you like it was you. And I know, I know, there's no way on God's green earth that that was me. And nobody believed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was hard, you know. And my peoples, you know, like, they held it down. But it was just, it was just a hard experience. Like, Cali was natural to me, though, because I lived there. So, like, actually being in California jail wasn't that bad because, like, I had already been in jail before. And I already knew California. So I was really just chilling. But it's like, man, once they were trying to throw them years at me, it's like, I'm not about to tell y'all I did this to take a lesser time. And it's like, I didn't do it. So I had to sit there five months until, like, I was like, I'm going to go to trial and it's just, we're going to throw it out. You didn't get um extra commissary from the other homies for writing love letters to their girls for them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to uh, I used to write love letters, man. I used to write raps, bro. Um, One of my homeboys, he out now. His name Rod Racks, man. He rap in California. He used to cook up for me. I used to go over there and tell this little... I used to whisper sweet nothing to a couple dudes, girls. Like, I got really good penmanship, too, man. It's, like, really good. Like, I write like a girl. Like, so you feel me? Like, I'm like, write this, man. You know, a lot of dudes can't write, you know? And then, like, yeah, man, like, because I was broke, bro. Like, I was indigent. You know what I'm saying? Like, my little brother was trying, but he was, like, I think when I got locked up, I was 20, so my little brother was 17. You know what I'm saying? So he still in high school. So he giving me a little, he was sending me noodles every week, man, but it wasn't enough. And, you know, I had a girl who was always talking about she going to do it and never did it, so I had to. Yeah, but it worked out, man, because I ain't going to lie to you, bro. See, in California, it's politics where – I can give you something if you Mexican. I mean, you can give me something if you Mexican, but I can't give you anything. You know what I'm saying? If it's open. So one of uh, this guy named Franco, I'll never forget him. He bought me a notebook and told me keep writing raps. And I got every rap I ever wrote in California upstairs in the door right now. Nice. All right. A Mexican. But yeah, I, I rock with everybody, but that was just. Yeah, it was it was it was hard at the time, but I ain't gonna lie, that was one of the most beautiful experiences. Now that I look on it, cause I was by myself with nobody and nothing. You know what I'm saying? Where it was nobody and nothing, and I stood ten toes, and I pride myself on that. All right, my man. Um, the Michigan scene is rich with music history. You could look at all the historical, cultural references to it. What do you want your music to represent, as far as the Michigan scene and the cultural scene of Michigan? I personally, when it's all said and done, want to be as big as Barry Gordy. That's a good one. That's so good that's one. how I explain to you, man. That's why I'm hitting every genre. Like, I don't want to be denied. Like, I don't want you to put me in a box. Like, I'm from Motown. I'm from where it got, where most of, like, most of the black people that made it came through us. You know what I'm saying? Like, they made it through Motown and they can't take it. Like, back in the day, you had to come here. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I wanted to get to the point where you going to come back here. You know what I'm saying? Like, or they got a guapo in there, or they might got somebody else. And I might have just catapulted somebody else out of here, you know what I'm saying? But I want to make Detroit Motown again, and I think I could do it on my own. Awesome. The right. legacy right there. Uh, so, Guapo, let me ask you this question. Um, if somebody, if you meet somebody and you tell them you rap and they had never heard your music before, 
what song in your catalog would you introduce them to to introduce them to yourself and why would you pick that song all right um i would have to tell you it depends and i'm gonna tell you it depends off the vibe i got off that person if it's a white or black person i ain't being racist or nothing like that but if it's a white person i would tell them listen to paradise over flight mileage and if they was they was like i knew they listened to detroit music i would tell them listen to flight mileage if I didn't ever don't listen to Detroit type music, like they weren't aware of Detroit, then I would tell them to listen to like one of my other more like melodic songs. Cause I try to capture you. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I can let you go hear Flight Mileage and you don't like Detroit music. So now you think I'm ass when you don't even know I ever made Paradise. You know what I'm saying? Or I can make Paradise and you're like, all right, but you look like you from the streets. Where that street shit at? I wanna hear. And then it's like, oh, I got this for you right here too. So it depends on the person and the vibe I got off of. Nice, nice. So CMC, I read, stands for uh, Crushing My Competition, because you said yep. there's a lot of guapos out there, just like there's a lot of um, revs out there, I'm sure. Um, what other rap names or um, aliases did you have before you came up with this one? I was always just guapo. All right. Like, when, I, when I started rapping, I was always guapo. Like, like first, before I was rapping, it was just guap. You know what I'm saying? Like, this called me, like, I was guap. I like money. My last name Green, so like guap. You know what I'm saying? But my man used to always see me be like, what up, Guapo? And then, like, Guapo just stuck. And then once I started rapping, it's like, put the O back there. And it was Guapo. And then, I don't know, I know y'all heard that uh, Call Me Mr. Put It On. When I first started rapping, we, from the numbers, we both started rapping around the same time, like, dropping on, like, World Star and stuff like that. You see me? And, um, bro from Houston, and I don't know, if, like, because, you know, the Houston rappers were rocking with him, so he was getting, like, a lot of, you know what I'm saying? But the stuff I was doing, like, on YouTube, it looked like it wasn't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that that was the reason why, but I just changed my name into CMC Guapo. So now when you type in CMC, if it ain't Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, now you're you seeing me. So, and now you got to give me. And, like, everything from the day I chose to be CMC Guapo to forever on is on me and only me. You know what I'm saying? So. Nice. Was your homie Latino? Because, you know, guapo in Spanish means, like, handsome. And, yeah, like, I actually strong. didn't know that until I went to jail, though. Like, uh, my name was already guapo for a couple of years. And someone was like, hey, fool, don't that mean handsome? I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, but, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when I, whenever a female, like, a Latino female, like, guapo, I'm like, yeah, me handsome. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I just work straight up. But, like, if it's a dude, guapo still means guap money and cha-ching. You know what I'm saying? Like, this for all yeah. my hands and knees that see me getting guap right now, like, yeah, you're going to just, just call me guap if you... You feel me? If it's going to make you think of that like me. You know what I'm saying? Word. That's what's up. Nice, man. Um, earlier, you mentioned about Kanye. And watching the video, it reminds me of him when he got into his accident, when his jaw was wide shut, and seeing you with the arm in the sling. So I want to ask you, uh, is he still one of your favorites? And if so, why? Yeah, man, because like I feel like I'm, I'm a Kanye in my own right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when I say that, it's, it's a lot of factors, but I will break it down. Like, you know, being out from Detroit, I'm a Midwest artist myself. When Kanye from uh, Chicago and Chicago rap is totally different from everything Kanye ever put out. You know what I'm saying? So in my mind state, I didn't want to sound like a Detroit trap rapper because I could do that. But that's easy to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, I guess I would be more of a backpack rapper compared to somebody else because, like, I could rap and everybody named Mama know it, but the music I dropped from my fans and what you've heard from me so far would be the auto tune and stuff like that, where that's not a popular sound in Detroit. Mentally, like uh, Kanye dropped 808s and Heartbreaks when I was in ninth grade when I first moved to California, and that got me through high school. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like that particular album was my 
love for Kanye group. You know what I'm saying? Off 808s mm-hmm. and heartbreaks. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody entitled to have a bad day. You know what I'm saying? Every day not perfect, bro. And every everything ain't all. It ain't all good, but it ain't all bad. You know what I'm saying? That's my saying that I go by every day. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like people think Kanye crazy because they feel like you shouldn't be able to have an opinion. And I feel like he ain't crazy. He just saying something that's unpopular to what you think. And, you know, like, of course, some of the stuff he do is off the wall. I ain't saying that, like, he 100% right. But at the end of the day, I feel like as a society, we we shied away from the fact where a man, or I mean man, like woman, man, man or woman, has their own opinion and is entitled to an opinion. We um we went from being opinionated to if, if this is a popular decision, then this is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to deal with that. And I feel like Kanye ain't let up, so. And I'm one of those people that feel like as a man, I should be able to say what I want to say within reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to disrespect you. You're not going to disrespect me. You know what I'm saying? I understand I can't be all off the wall on some, you know what I'm saying? Like saying some off the wall stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because it's going to have repercussions. But at the end of the day, if I don't like, uh, I don't eat pork. So if you made me a pork chop and I'm like, no, I don't eat pork. And that's why I don't eat pork. You should disrespect the fact I don't like pork and don't eat pork. I, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, he's crazy, man. He think he's Muslim. And I ain't even Muslim. So you feel what I'm saying? Like, you know how hey. that goes. Yes, sir. Yep. So uh, one of one of your uh, tracks that I actually liked, another one was Trenches. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about uh, what, what your, your approach and your mind state was in making that song? All right. During the Trenches phase of my career, I was a real big A Boogie fan. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I was auto-tuned. That's when Lil Baby first, first came out when he came out with my dog. And I was like a real auto-tune head. Like anything that was on auto-tune sounds sweet to me, you know, at the time. So that's how I came out when I came out, you know. And Trenches, man, uh, like I said, I'm from Southwest, man. I'm from Detroit. I'm be on both sides of the city the whole time. I'm from here, man. And during that time, I was like one of the brokest times of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like my uncle bought that beat for Trenches. I used to pray for a hell of a beat. You know what I'm saying? My uncle bought that beat for me. Like he had got fired from his job. And, um, you know, they gave him his, like, little 401k and pension, whatever it was, little whatever cheese it was. And my uncle bought me two hell of a beast. And I'm, like, I'm telling you, by this time, I'm uh, how am I, I'm 21, 22. But I was praying my whole life, like, hell of a made this be Like, that's a big thing in Detroit. So you got a hell of a beat. This song is a hit no matter what. You know what I'm saying? And um, during this time, this one hell of a was, like, on a super flame, too. So I made trenches, man. I wrote trenches in, in the rendezvous in the driveway of a house that I ain't had no lights in. You know what I'm saying? Me and my man, my man, she got killed last year. Uh, my man's was there. You know, he was just telling me, like, bro, you got to put your all into this song. It's that one. You know what I'm saying? I wrote it like it was going to be that one. And it moved like it was going to be that one. You know what I'm saying? And uh, basically, I just gave you my reality. You know what I'm saying? How I'm living. Like, I'm in the trenches daily, every day, until the day I make it out. You know what I'm saying? So I just gave people a perspective of me on the hell of a beat. But when I went to him, I specifically told him this before I met JB too, which is crazy. But I was like, I don't want a T Grizzly type beat because at that time, Fresh Day Out came out, everybody wants to sound like T. You know what I'm saying? So I figured that it was going to be easy for me to buff if I sound different. So I went with something different. And that was different for hell of a too because hell of a is known for making those Detroit type beats. So we we I feel like we made small history with each other for sure with that song. And then it opened up me to meeting JB, me T, and then you know today. Nice, dope, dope. So being that you was in Cali in your early years in high school, and then you moved to Atlanta in your senior year, which state do you feel like you thrived in most? And um, how was it performing at the shit show in Atlanta? All right, well, 
All right, so when I moved to Cali, man, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. My brother used to make me stay in the crib all the time. You feel me? Like, so when I moved to Cali and I was able, like, I jumped off the porch, porch, like I was bad, but my brother used to like bring your ass home at school type shit. You know what I'm saying? But once I got in high school, she wasn't on that no more. You feel me? So I was seeing the world for what it was. And then in California, it's so different, bro. Like, you know, like when I was living in 09. In 2009, it wasn't okay to be gay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying there's a problem with it, nothing like that. But back in those days, people was getting beat up and stuff like that. So I moved to California. They got a gay rights day where people walk around with tape on their mouth for gay bashing. Uh, it's gangs out here. The girls are super freaky crazy. People popping beans and all that. I ain't never seen nothing like that till I went to Cali. You feel me? So that opened me up. Like, and I got the taste of the real world. Like, yeah, I like this. But in Atlanta, like, like, cause I still mess with all my Cali people and all my Atlanta people, you know what I'm saying? But Atlanta is just like that Southern hospitality. You ain't gonna get that nowhere, bro. Like that's something like I don't know. I just love, I just love the Southern, the Southern part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like they, 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 they welcome you with open arms in the hood and the burbs. They welcoming you. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like that gave me the confidence to believe in my heart. I could actually make it rapping when I moved to uh, Atlanta. I used to battle. I battled people from Boston, New York, uh, uh, seniors. I mean, like people that was going to uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech at the time. Like they'll come and battle me on a Friday because they was hearing about me. Like I went to Forest Park and they was hearing about me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was Detroit, but I was tearing them up. I'm telling you, I was tearing them. And like. That made, gave me the confidence, like, I could be a rapper for sure. Like, because I know somebody going to like me. They all like me. Like, if I got any of that stuff on camera, I would have went viral a long time ago, for sure. Like, and it was all up top of the head. Like, I went right, and I was just freestyling. Like, when I threw my hoodie on, I got on my Eminem 8-mile type stuff, and then they felt <laughs> Well, it wasn't too hospitable at the shit show, though, right? Oh, no, man, that, I ain't going to lie, bro. The shit show was the first time in my whole entire life that I got food ever Ooh, in my oh, life, man. like. Like, ever in my whole entire life. I'm talking about, like, I was, like, and I was, like, geeked as hell, too, like, man. But I don't know, man, like, because it's crazy because I did flight mileage to get on the stand, on the show. You feel me? And they was rocking with it, so I just knew it was about to go. But I didn't realize that, you know, it was, like, I want to say political. But, like, if I would have brought the whole city down to Atlanta with me, I would have won. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just had to have a crowd. And I didn't understand that at the time. But I still didn't appreciate getting shitted. But it also taught me a few things. Like, man, I, I number one. I got to do better because I don't want to be able to have to depend on me bringing a whole bunch of people to win. I'm my own person by myself. You know what I'm saying? So that told me that you got to do something better. It don't matter, bro. You got to crush your competition no matter what it is. And you know what I'm saying? So I came home with a different perspective. Like, hey, bro, we ain't losing again. You know what I'm saying? For nothing. Yeah. Like, and that's how I feel, you know, but it was a, it was a, it was a humbling experience. Like sometimes you ain't going to win everything. You know what I'm saying? And when you don't win, and ain't I don't gonna walk around my head down. It's just I'm I'm gonna do better, you know. And that's that's what I told myself. Yeah, for those who don't know, the shit show is kind of like the Apollo, but um, anybody who knows wrestling is like ECW because it's a smaller venue, and um, they pretty much throw like little uh like the uh, shit emojis at the performers and stuff. So I had um I had read that uh you you had um had a pretty uh, pretty different time out there. So uh you know I, I wouldn't let that phase you. I heard they throw it at everybody. So. Yeah, I heard that, too. All my people was telling me that, too, man. But I feel like, man, I went down there to win. I ain't going down there to, for nobody to hear me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went down there <laughs> to win the shit show. So, yeah, all that, you did good. That sounds good. But, you know, that ain't what I went to do. Right. Your uh, song, Paradise, it has that real feel-good dance vibe. So, by your definition, what's your definition of a paradise? 
I believe it would be like sitting there in Hawaii sipping out of coconut. I ain't never been to Hawaii or, you know what I'm saying, had that type of vibe. But I believe it's like a tranquil experience, like, you know what I'm saying, like where you could be somewhere and it's just like peaceful, like where everything that I got going on in the back of my mind ain't even in the back of my mind where I just listen to the water, you know, and seeing that white sand, you know, like that's why I imagine uh, Hawaii looking like I just ain't ever been yet. But I feel like or like. Uh, uh, the most latest time in Miami, you know what I'm saying? When, and when I mean paradise, I just mean like some palm trees and some water, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my paradise, but we can make paradise wherever we go, you know? Right, it's a state of mind feeling, and I hope you do get to see Kauai, man. Yeah, I, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, so, I, in, in reading your story, I, I see that you, and you've already expressed somewhat in this interview, um, you've dealt with a lot of loss as far as like friends, people you've known. Um, how do you, one, how do you not let that shake you and who you are? And two, like, how do you stay motivated and driven despite, you know, uh, no associating with a lot of people that were here today and now they're gone tomorrow and there's no way to ever get them back? Well, like, I understand that people come and go, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's not even in death. That's just like, we could be the best friends tomorrow and then you feel some type of way and just don't mess with me no more. You know what I'm saying? So, and my, me being a foster child, you know, I, I ain't going to say I got attachment issues, but I don't really hold nobody dear to my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got a daughter now, so I'm, like, I'm learning to love, like, love for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't, I wouldn't say that I really even had a, I never put myself in a position for people to do me wrong because I've seen it so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I always got my guard up with people, you know, like, and when people like here, they gone tomorrow, like, it'd be hard, bro. Cause just imagine like, we was just chopping it up. I was just with you. Or like for my, my, my example, like my man's right. He, my brother, I lost two of my brothers at a, at a, in a, in a triple homicide that went viral. You know what I'm saying? They went viral and all they was doing was ordering food. Like, you know, and, and we was, we was talking about times like this and, they, he would have been so geeked up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you doing this, bro, I used to wear my man's clothes. So, and damage every pair of shoes he ever let me wear. So I used to tell him, like, when I make it, I got you. And that was my word. And I, I'm not going to do it because I didn't have my, use, like, because I fell back on my word. I'm not going to do it because he's not here for me to do it for him. You know what I'm saying? So I try to do my best, you know what I'm saying? He got a daughter. Uh, a couple of my other homeboys that be here today and going tomorrow, like, it just be like, wow, like, Sometimes you feel like you you curse, you know what I'm saying? Like everything around you just dropping and you still here for what, you know? Like I'm from Detroit where that's a that's a sad reality for real. For real, you know, like where it really get bad. Like and everybody here today and going tomorrow. Like, you know, so it's like it's hard. Like I know I had a homeboy dying in sleep. That's not even you can't even explain how he died. You can't even be mad at nobody because he died in his sleep, you know? So I had a homeboy that drowned with his family. And who we going to blame for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, every times we're in even a, a situation where you can't even be mad at nobody because life is just janky sometimes, you know? And I be just feeling like I'm blessed to be here because it could be me. So um, how was the transition um, going to acting? Because I know in hip hop, you know, we have to memorize our lines and stuff. So was it um, pretty easy for you? And um, and being on um, indictment, how was it uh, working alongside uh, Benzino and uh, Jennifer Williams? I mean, it wasn't that hard for real. Like, all right, I ain't gonna lie. In the beginning, like when I first got the role, like I just got it, you know, if I had to earn it. So when we was doing like uh, the uh, we was going over the script and he was like, man, 
If you don't act like you from Southwest, man, I'm giving your road to somebody else. Then I had to get in my mode, you feel me? Because you ain't about to, you know, I take pride in being where I'm from, you know? And um, it was cool, but I guess, you know, like, I feel like it was it was a first. It made me feel like I'm going to be the next Will Smith. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, me, myself, personally, I'm not tooting my own horn, nothing like that, but, like, I'm confidently can say, like, whatever I do, I feel like I got the Midas touch, you know? And, like, I feel like I get better with time. Like, I'm probably not going to start off as a LeBron, but I I know for sure, for sure, I'm not going to be no, you know, no scrub. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's what anything that I do, I feel like if I give it my all and I try hard enough, I could be that guy in what I'm doing. So, uh, and then working with, like, big-name celebrities, like, because, you know, Jennifer Williams and Benzino, they big names, you know what I'm saying? They big, you know, like, and it's like, I didn't have to really do much to meet y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just happened. And it just tell me, like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes doors just open for you that you weren't expecting to walk in. Nice, nice. That's big, man. Uh, I want to talk about flight mileage. And it made me instantly think about a plane and traveling. So when you're traveling, what are your necessities when you're traveling? What's in your carry-on luggage? Um, Clothes. If I got a big enough bag. I try to get me as many pair of shoes as possible. You know what I'm saying? Cause I like to uh, switch it up now. Um, right. I try to. Um, my my brother normally, my brother always with me, so he normally has some cologne. So I ain't never got to pack the cologne or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I just really just close my essentials. You know, toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, like. Cause the thing is, you know, I don't want them to throw away something that I can't take with me, and then it's like I can't take my PlayStation because it's like. When I hit that road, I know one thing for sure, two things for certain. My goal is to come home and feed my daughter. You know, so like I ain't going out there to play. I ain't I could play the game at the crib, bro. I don't need to take no game or nothing. When I go out of town, I'm trying to go to your studios, your clubs, meet your DJs. I could chill at the crib. You know what I'm saying? I don't go out of town just for chilling. You know, like I'm on a mission right now. And that's how I play every every time I leave. I love that. That's the right way. All right. Um in an effort to, to get the people to know you just a little bit better, what what are some of your interests outside of making music? I can cook my ass off. Like really? I used to cook before rapping. I was actually I thought I was gonna be the black emerald. Like that was a goal of mine to be the like I want to open up a uh one of those five star restaurants downtown Detroit in my forties. That's my plan for my older years. Uh, right. obviously I like acting now. Um. I really like, I want to say like, I'm really like closed off, but unless I don't know, if I don't really know you for real, like I just stay to myself for real. So if I know you, then you're going to think I'm one of the funniest people in the world. Well, my brother done made me sound like that. You know what I'm saying? But I could cook though. That's one thing I could do for sure. I can cook. I can cook. Uh, but when I do get out of my bag and I, you know what I'm saying? I chop it up with you. I feel like I'm one of the, the one of the greatest souls you ever going to meet, you know, like, cause I feel like I could touch yours, you know? Like, right. I've been through enough to feel like me and you can relate in some way. You know what I'm saying? And then if not, we both men and I'm respect you as a man. You respect me. You know what I'm saying? From I like sports. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I was never no good at basketball, but I love it. You know, like I'm like I'm like the Stephen A in, in my circle. You know what I'm saying? Like for real, like I could argue with you about sports all day because I know everything from Bill Russell on down. I got old heads, you know, Um, I've been interested in this crypto lately. You know, my little brother, he's been trying to teach me about it. So I've been dipping and dabbling in that for real, for real. And then um, when I ain't doing nothing for real and I'm at the crib, I'm just spending time with my daughter. I be I record in my basement. My writing process is like I freestyle in the basement and then I write the lyrics down. I listen to the songs in the headphones and I go to the big studios and record them. So like even like right now, I'm downstairs in the basement. Like I'm playing in the studio, you know, like 
or you know, like listening to beats, just vibing out. You know, I'm still, I'm still trying to make it. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't really just relaxing right now. I'm working at all times. Right. Uh, when you open that restaurant, what what's your signature dish gonna be? Um. See, all right. So my idea of the restaurant in itself is gonna be called a taste of the world, where I want to take like ethnicities and put them together. So it could be like some uh Mexican soul food or like a Mediterranean uh a Mediterranean and Greek dish combined, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's my plan. Like cause you know I like I was one of them kids like I didn't see myself being a rapper when I was a kid for real. You know what I'm saying? Like I always thought I was gonna be a chef because that was I could have went to school and did that. You know what I'm saying? But like I never went to school for it, but I've worked at a lot of good restaurants here in Michigan, you know, like in, in like the, I don't know if this be like the southeast part of Michigan, but like in like the burbs of Detroit, like in the burbs, I always worked in the burbs where, you know what I'm saying, you got to know something and went to school to work there. I don't work at them jobs without, I never, never even applied to go to a culinary school. I had a, a grandma from the south. I watched her. My mom can cook. I watched all the females I think we cook and I just learned what I learned. You know what I'm saying? Now we got YouTube, but I was working jobs before I was happening to go and watch YouTube. So, yeah, but I would give it a taste because I want everybody to be able to eat at my restaurant. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I wanted to be a little unorthodox so it could be me, a one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. When, when you open that restaurant, I'll be sure to fly to Detroit and check that out. Oh, yeah, it's going down. It's going to happen. Mark my words. Right. Yeah, right. please please let me know because I'm out there frequently. Um. I heard about your stuffed salmon too, so I'm anticipating the stuffed salmon. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I make a beast. I make a beast stuffed salmon. I make like <laughs> like I just get ideas, man, and I just cook for the family. And then if my girl like it, you know what I'm saying? Then I try something else. You know what I'm saying? I'd let everybody else try. You know. Then after that, you know, like I said, I wanted to get the catering going on, but I'm so focused on music, I don't really got time to do nothing else. So, word. Hopefully, you got some time when I'm out there. We can hit up Armando's. I don't know how you feel about Armando's Southwest. Yeah, that's my spot, man. You know, I'm from that's Southwest. You know what I'm, saying? I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at Armando's. I've been going to Armando's since I was able to chew. Uh, that's what's up. Yeah, I heard that's one of the premier spots. My wife always talks about it. Um, so she just told me to tell you, boy, would you? <laughs> so what do you call what do you call this dance right here? That's the blade dance. <laughs> boy. <laughs> that's the only dance that you really catch. Like. I don't know if y'all familiar with the rapper Sada Baby, but oh, yeah. That, yeah. he's probably the most dancing artist in Detroit that we done had in uh, a few decades. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're from Detroit, man, you ain't dancing when you go to no club. I ain't never seen no grown man dancing in the club. Unless he's like an old head, because, you know, like, you ever seen, um y'all ever seen ATL? And it's like, you know, he's from Detroit. You can tell how he move, how he skate. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, right. that's true. Like, you know a Detroit person when you see. I, I mean, I feel like it because... Everywhere I done been, they could tell you from Detroit just off of a little demeanor, you know. Yeah, um, a friend of mine, she's um a, a pretty well-known skater out there, and she was saying about the different styles, like you said, about you could tell who's who by their skating, like Chicago. Um, they keep the tongue tucked out. I think um Cali has a lot of like uh symbols and stuff on their skates. So yeah, the Detroit swag definitely uh super notable. Right. Yeah, nice. Um, one thing that I want to get into for my question is about your song Thoughts. I feel it is a very important family-based record, and it's a personal record. And I feel that you are letting loose a lot of personal stuff off your chest. What made you decide to shed some light on what you deal with on the inside? Because a lot of artists are afraid to do that. They're afraid to 
pull the curtain back and reveal what's going on in their life? What made you decide to go that route? Well, I feel like, honestly, you're going to take me, you're going to like me or you're not, you know? And if you're going to like me, you got to like me for everything that come with me, you know? Like, I don't really believe in faking it, you know? And I go through stuff. So, like, I want my fans to know, like, man, I might, I, just because I rap, you know what I'm saying? You see the chain, you see it all look, it look, all look good, but, like, I'm a real person. You know, like like I said, with the whole Kanye thing, like, everybody had a bad day. I get bad news every time my phone ring, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, in my head, you know, like, I feel I feel like, like, with thoughts, I make sure that you know, like, no matter what, I'm doing this for my baby, you know? And my brother, like, because before I had a daughter, my, my the love of anything I ever cared about is my brother, you know? Like, we just, like, we like that, you know? Like, we've been to foster homes and everything together, so... If I was to die, I feel like those are two people that I'd be affected. You know, like, I mean, a lot of people are going to miss me, but they're not going to miss me like those two. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know that for sure. Like, and if something was to happen to one of them or if I had to choose between one of them two, I'd rather just not, I'd rather just take myself out the equation, you know, like, because I know my my brother's going to take care of my daughter, you know, and I know he's going to love my daughter like that's me, you know, and vice versa, you know, so that's, that's where I was thinking with that song for sure. All right. uh, before we wrap it up, um, I just got to ask. So what's the name of that spot? Mondo's? Armando's? Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm assuming that's like the best spot in Detroit to eat? The Mexican-wise. Okay. Okay. Rev, what, what was the saying before before we had all got cut off? It's boy. Would you? <laughs> Boss up and get this money. It's real. Like, like, Detroit got a culture of getting money, man. Like, they show it's really bad on like the TVs and like stuff like that. But I ain't gonna lie, I've been like eyes wide on BMF just for that reason. Like, man, they showing something like you know what I'm saying? It ain't all bad here for sure. Like it get down, but you know, like it's some it's some good size. Our club life, our club life is good. We got like a lot of strip clubs in Detroit, you know, like and they make it rain in them strip clubs, you know what I'm saying? So like it's 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 some it's some fun moments in Detroit for sure. What do you think of the show, BMF? got hip to it i was trying to like see me i'm one of them type of people like i don't really like hopping on the wave you know what i'm saying like i never really watched power like that i like snowfall but i never really watched power so you know uh but bmf and itself like i'm from southwest detroit like so like where i'm from if i drive up a little bit i will be in like e-course or you know what i'm saying like so like the way they're telling the story i like it because i can visualize those places you know what i'm saying then i like it because like it's crazy. I watched uh, Soul Survivor by Young Jeezy, the video, right? Yeah. I watched that video a hundred times. I never knew Big Meech was in that video. Wow. I never knew. You know what I'm saying? I watched it a hundred times because I couldn't really like, oh, that's Big Meech. So now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, that's Big Meech. Everything. And then I read the BMF book before. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I'm interested in Big Meech regardless. He's a Detroit legend regardless of what he did. You know, like he's going to forever be immortalized in the rap game, in the, in the acting game, and in, in, in the dope game. Like, he big meets like you know, when I was growing up, everybody wanted to be like big meets like that's he that guy. But in Detroit, in our we all our gangsters is like glorified like the big meets the Maserati Rexes, the Demetrius Holloways, the YBIs like that came from here. You know what I'm saying? Like so, this is just a Detroit thing. All right, right. and uh, Guapa, we thank you for for taking time out of your day to chop it up with us. By the way, we all from New York, so. You got fans in New York now, so I appreciate that yeah. for sure. Yeah, yes, no problem. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, CMC Guapo, 
Um, his all his info where you can find him on Apple Music and all those streaming platforms will be in the episode description. And Guapo, it was a pleasure to have to have you here and uh, talk with you. Most definitely, I appreciate y'all too, man. I appreciate it. All right. Y'all boys have a good day. All right. All right. You take too, it my easy, brother. brother. Thank you, man, and keep doing your thing out there with the music. I appreciate that, OG. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.